0: Welcome to the Tooth & Coin Podcast, where we talk about your adventure of being a dental practice owner. Uh, In these episodes, we're going to be talking about problems that you will likely face as a practice owner, as well as give an idea about actionable solutions that you can take so that you can get past this problem in your practice. Some of these concepts are really big ones. Some of them are very specific, but We hope that these episodes help you along with your journey. Now, a very important piece for you to understand is that this is not paid financial advice. This is not paid tax or legal advice. Uh, We are not your financial advisors. We are not your CPAs. Uh, This is two CPAs talking about informational and educational content to help you along with your journey. It's a very important piece for you to understand. Another thing that you need to know is if you enjoy today's content, Join us on the Facebook group. So we've got a Facebook group that is active with Dennis that is going to have content talking about what we're talking about today to continue the discussion. Agree with us. Don't agree with us. Have a story to tell. Have something to share. Join us in the Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and you search for Tooth & Coin Podcast, click on it to join it and be able to join us there finally if you need some more help we're developing a list of resources that are going to be centering around our topics of discussion to be able to help you a little bit more than what the content is doing so if you'd like access to that whenever it becomes ready all you have to do is text the word tooth and coin t-o-o-t-h-a-n-d-c-o-i-n To 33444. Again, that's Tooth and Coin, all one word, no spaces. To 33444. Reply with your email address and we'll email you instructions on how to get into the Facebook group, as well as add you to the list to be able to send you those resources when they're available. And if they're available, we'll go ahead and send them to you as well. So on to today's episode. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, ambitious
1: dentists, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Tooth and Coin podcast. I'm Joseph Rugger, joined always by my Awesome co-host Jonathan Van Horn. Jonathan, say hello to the folks at home.
0: How are you doing, everybody?
1: <laughs> or in your car, or <laughs> at the, or wherever it is that you might be joining us. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to our show today. Today, we thought we'd take a different route and talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and kind of the spirit of entrepreneurship. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you likely are a dentist that is out and you've owned your practice. You may have owned it for six months or six years or, or 25 years. Uh, you may be thinking about starting a practice, but that tends to be uh, one of those things that's just such a daunting thought and a daunting task to to, to kind of strike out on your own and, and, and launch into this world of entrepreneurship. So uh, what we're going to do today, I'm going to talk to Jonathan, who's who's done this, and get kind of some some thoughts on his journey as an entrepreneur and uh, everything that's in between. So Jonathan, man, always a pleasure. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more of your story. Every time I feel like I know your story, something comes up and I'm like, I had no idea that was part of Jonathan's story.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's fun to... To be, an, to be an entrepreneur, it can be sometimes a little scary at times too. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited. It, this is a little bit of a turn of a different different type of a conversation for me to have because usually everything I talk about is just like dentistry, 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 taxes, accounting, taxes, accounting, business, business, business. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about this.
1: Yeah. So Jonathan and I, jo- Jonathan, you and I met each other, randomly sit next to each other at a continuing education uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas about 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, at that time I was working for a, a, a company as a CFO and, and you were in public accounting and uh, we ended up knowing a whole bunch of the same people from Northeast Arkansas. Uh, you had gone to school in, in, the, in Jonesboro where, you know, I lived at the time and uh, we just hit it off and knew a whole bunch of the same people. And you were, you were in public accounting. You were working for uh, another firm and, you know, we kind of hit it off and had fun and, you know, exchanged contact information and uh, kind of kept up with each other. Uh, for a while, I, I remember, I remember uh, specifically sitting and having lunch with you a couple of different times in Little Rock as we were talking about all of these entrepreneurial ideas uh, that you had, uh, and we were kind of talking through different books uh, that you had read. Uh, and I think, I think one of them was was it the toilet paper entrepreneur that you told me about, or was it the hundred was the hundred dollar startup? Which one was the mattress company guy?
0: Which one was so? That? There, there's the hundred dollar startup, and then there's also the pumpkin plan, or the two big ones I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, So, so anyway,
1: so, you know, as, as somebody that, that for me, most of my career, most of my earnings, most of what I've done for a living has been uh, working for somebody else. Uh, And I'm, there's not anything wrong with that. There certainly is good and bad in every kind of relationship that you have that's out there. Uh, So I thought I, I thought I'd just kind of pick your brain and talk a little bit today about, you know, kind of your journey as an entrepreneur and uh, kind of, you know, it's, it's not something that you walked out of college and said, I'm going to go start my own CPA firm. Uh, you said, you know, let's go explore, let's do this. So uh, maybe talk us early, kind of early career when you were working for somebody else uh, and kind of a W-2 employee and kind of in the grind and learning stuff. And, you know, maybe just kind of talk us through a little bit about that part of your journey uh, and, and maybe kind of when you started getting excited, like, have you always been an entrepreneur? Like, were you the five-year-old kid that had the lemonade stand, you know, that measured your costs and tried to figure that out? Like when we talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, ner- learning about you and your family, you, know, you guys kind of have a bunch of entrepreneurs. So like, is this something that you're kind of born with? Is it like ingrained in you? Uh, talk to us maybe about some of those earliest things.
0: Yeah. So in terms of just me uh, as a person and growing up, I was always, I was always really competitive. So I I really enjoyed challenging myself. Um, and I always enjoyed trying to optimize things and, you know, I also enjoyed games. So like the, I I was when I was a lot, you know, I'm not like that physically gifted in terms of athleticism or anything like that. Um, but at the same time I have a competitiveness. So, uh, when I was younger, that tended to me being more like, I, I enjoyed playing video games a lot. So I was big, I was big in video games. I, I did a lot. I I, uh, I couldn't wait to get home to play, play games. Like and usually my, the reason I would optimize my day would be when I was in like, school, you know, early, early Jonathan was so that I could have more time to play video games. Um, and then when I was playing the video games, I was always trying to optimize everything inside of those games so I could do things in the most, you know, in the best manner. And that's, that's just how my brain always works. And I really enjoyed doing it. Um, as I got older, I started, you know, um, started playing more sports. And, uh, again, I'm not like that gifted in, from an athletics department. I'm six foot two, so I'm moderately tall, but that's about it. Um, wasn't Starts very good. And
1: stops. What <laughs> yeah. Wasn't.
0: I wasn't very fast, but I had a whole, a lot of heart and I tried really hard and the want to be better always allowed, allowed me to, to move, move up in those ranks. So, so that, that was me in general. Then I got into college. I was always really, you know, I also enjoyed math it was a big interest of mine. I thought that I was going to become a math professor before I came into the CPA world. Um, it was something that I always did really well in and, you know, um, enjoyed doing so. Uh, I, I almost went down that path, eventually changed to be a CPA because I, to be honest with you, I heard you could make more money being a CPA than you could <laughs> being a math professor. So uh, I became a CPA and I got out into the real world. Uh, and then I'm out in the real world. And, you know, I'll be honest, whenever I, I started working for a CPA firm for the first time and I went on, went on my first audit, um, I was a little confused as, as, as to what as we, what we were doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so uh, an audit was uh, and that's, you know, a lot of people start in the audit field in the CPA world. And that's where I started too. I didn't make it very long at the place I started out at, um, ch- changed around to a few different firms. Uh, but while I was working, I still kind of kept that mindset of being the best that I could be. So True. it didn't really matter where I was or what I was doing. I was always trying to be the best at it. I was always trying to, um, you know, prepare the best tax return, uh, be the person who could best understand what was going on from a tax standpoint, um, be the person who could do all these other things. Um, but you know, growing up, um, I always had a job. Like I always had, I always, you know, since I was you know, 15 years old, I had a job. Um, before that I, I found ways to make money, you know, doing things around the neighborhood or whatever it was. Um, but, um, I was always working and so, and most of that was in, um, I worked at a video store throughout high school, something that's not even a thing anymore. Um, (laughs) I, I, yeah, I sold, (laughs) sold flowers, uh, on, on the phone through a, a, a telephone service for three years in college. Um, you know, just did a whole bunch of, I owned to move, I started a moving company when I was in college. So I you had,
1: started a moving company in college. Yeah. So, okay. Were uh, you the ones that did the college hunks hauling junk? Well, honestly, I,
0: that was probably a similar story of how that got started. Um, <laughs> I was a guy, I, I had a trailer and I had a, a, an SUV and I had a fraternity that I was in that always had people that needed money of, of, you know, <laughs> big guys that could move furniture. And so, um, I'd have these furniture stores that were selling, um, furniture to, uh, their customers and they didn't have a way to move it. So they'd call me and I'd, I'd move it for them. And I'd get a couple of people to be able to go with me. And I'd say, Hey, you know, you'll get this much. And for, you know, 30 minutes of work, we'll go drive across town and get a mattress and take it to the other side of town and come back and you'll make 20 bucks. And in college, 20 bucks for an hour's worth of work is Pretty good, pretty good back in back in the <laughs> yeah. early 2000s um so we did that um and uh i always had a like a customer service you know mind to it because i always i just very early on learned that that was a really important thing to to have whenever you were you know providing services um and then i got into you know the public accounting realm and uh found out very quickly that you know a lot of the The customer service wasn't really an an important piece of it. Like it was more just like, what can you do for me and get it done so we can give this to the board and then the board can discuss it. And then, you know, we have crossed all of our T's and dotted all our I's. Um, then I went into smaller public accounting for, you know, for, for small business, um, rather than kind of like small to medium sized businesses. Um, and, uh, I really liked that a lot more because it was, you know, more customer service centric. You actually have to know your your clients, and you actually got to be able to help them, and so yeah, so that's that that was the part of me getting into it. And then, um, very you know, a, as I was traveling between these different firms, um, I was getting really frustrated with nothing against the firms I was working for; they were doing what they needed to do to, to to do their business and to help their clients. But I could always just tell there was a little bit of a difference in what I wanted to do and what the typical industry norm was. Um, I wanted to have just closer relationship. I wanted my, you know, to be able to provide more value effectively. And I knew that the value was there because I was working really hard on it and I was trying to find the value where I could. Um, so that kind of brought me up until the end of, you know, where I was working for somebody else.
1: Yeah. Well, there's that competitive streak again, right? Like we're doing it this way, but I think we can do it better, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I'm sure that there probably are people that listen to our podcast that are in situations that are, that run into roadblocks like, Hey, we're doing this a certain way. And this is the way we've always done it. This is Sally, right? Same as last year is how we Mm -hmm. did it. Hurry up, get it done as fast as you can. Have as much realization, as much profit. Hey, I've got this way to improve it. I mean, did you find yourself running against roadblocks that just really kind of killed that competitive spirit that you were talking about?
0: Yeah, there definitely was. And it was, there was, it was in a bunch of different places. Uh, One was this time component, you know, whenever you work for a public accounting firm, um, you know, you're, you're, you're working a lot of hours. Um, you're one firm I was working at, you know, I'd probably get there around seven in the morning and I'd leave around seven at night and, um, work the weekends. And, you know, that was in the busy season and the non-busy season, you know, you typically, you know, work up uh, eight to five thirty, sometimes, you know, seven thirty to five 30, something like that, just depending on the time of the year. Sometimes you'll work weekends too in the off season just to kind of keep up with everything. And the reason is because you're trying to get what are called billable hours so that you can bill your clients and so the, 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 the practice can make money. Uh, that's just that's just the model. That's how it works. Um, and there was only so many hours in the day to be able to help people. And sometimes the value that you could provide to one client um, wouldn't be worth the billable hour, but it would still have value. So, And sometimes it was worth the billable hour was worth it, but the client didn't see it. They didn't, they didn't get it, so to speak of why that was valuable. Um, and so there was just some, there were just some roadblocks in terms of how you could help people. Um, so another example of that would be that, you know, there'd be a, maybe, maybe I could do something that could save somebody $2,000. Apparently my watch thought I was talking to it. Um, but, uh, there, there were some points where I, maybe I could, i had save somebody two thousand dollars a year in taxes with this strategy that could come up for them, but it would take me, you know, between research and implementation and you know talking to the client, you know, ten hours to get that done. Well, if I'm charging two hundred dollars an hour for my time, well, I just cost them in tax and and fees to us what they're going to make back, but they and they wouldn't see that you know well, you're going to get to do this two thousand dollars every year you know going Actually, forward. Yeah. And so it's worth a lot more money than that. Um, and then at the same time, there'd be clients that you'd start to do the research for and you get halfway through it and you realize this doesn't work for them because of A, B, C, D rules when it comes to their industry or their situation, whatever it may be. And then another set, you do the research and it makes sense, but then you talk to the client and they didn't want to go forward with the steps to be able to make sure that that would happen. And so there was just a lot of roadblocks, but based on the nature of a service industry, industry that wouldn't allow us to do that in a typical CPA for, uh, uh, format. So whenever you're thinking about that terms of management, if you have employees that are trying to do all these extra things and spend all this extra time doing these other things that you can't bill for, are you going to encourage that typically, or are you going to typically going to discourage that?
1: You're going to discourage it. Time is money, right? Like we've already, we tried that once. That's not Mm -hmm. worth it. Quit spinning your wheels, stick to the script. Here's the script. Here's what you need to be doing.
0: Right. So, uh, and that was, that was the, um, you know, that was the, internal struggle that I was facing is like, you know, I can, I I know I can do more for people. I know that as a business, we can do more for people. Um, and, uh, I want to do that. And so, um, I eventually did it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, talk, talk us through, like, was there like always kind of this burning desire to do your own thing or did you just kind of get to the point where you were like, just kind of fed up about, you know, all the roadblocks you're running into and kind of this whole model of the billable out, like, had always been an itch for you or did you just kind of get to the breaking point?
0: So that's a really good question. Um, my dad, whenever I was growing up had told me, you know, at one point, cause he, like, I've shared the story before you know, he was an entrepreneur. He owned his own furniture company. That's wh- how I knew to do the furniture moving because I've moved so much <laughs> furniture, um, for my family. Uh, and, um, he told me, you know, very early on, you know, it's, it's really nice to own your own business, but it can be really hard because you can't really rely on anyone else but yourself. Um, and you know, you've got it all it all ends with you. Like you're ultimately responsible for all of it. Um, and uh I could remember that, you know, hearing that, you know, 30 years ago and not really fully understanding it. Um, and then when I got out into the you know, the real world and I was working for other people, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to do my own thing or not. Um, yeah. I it kind of, I, I'm very, I feel like I'm a pretty flexible guy. And so I can usually, you know, figure out the best situation and I was just going to come with what, whatever came to me. Um, yeah. and, um, the last position that I was in, I knew that wasn't going to be the position I'd ultimately be in, uh, just because of a bunch of different factors that were involved. Um, but, um, I didn't know where I was going to go from there. Um, and so it wasn't like I was always, you know, from the beginning of, you know, finishing my master's like, okay, well, it's time for me to do my 10 year plan to be able to start a business now. Um, it was, I'm going to figure this out as I go. And if that opportunity arises, we'll go that way. And I'll be honest with you. It felt like it didn't really, no opportunities really came around that other than the ones that I, that I had. And it was very much a case similar to the dentist that I talk to every day now of, they kind of just were like, Hey, I can do this on my own. I don't, I, I want to have the ability to do my own type of, um, for Dennis's treatment plans for us, it's maybe it's tax plans or the way we handle our service engagements. Um, and I, you know, I, I want to just do it on my own. I want to build my own thing. Um, and I eventually had that opportunity and I took it. That's cool.
1: That's cool. Well, I mean, do, do you get a chance to talk to Dennis about taking the plunge? Like do by the time somebody picks up the phone and calls us, have they made their mind up or do you find yourself like answering questions about kind of the what ifs and helping them role play out and kind of being part of their, I guess, homework or due diligence is like the official term, right? Yeah. Uh, but do you find yourself like coaching them through like as they're coming up with that or by the time they call us, they've already made up their mind?
0: Usually by the time they, they're talking to the CPA, they've made up their mind. Um, there's not a whole lot I can do to convince someone that it's the right choice or wrong choice for them individually. Um, Jamie Amos, a friend of mine, said something really, really smart one time. Uh, he says a lot of smart things, but one thing that he said that was exceptionally smart or very poignant was um, that there's no, there's never a like a, a best time to start your own business. It all comes down to... Uh, I'm sure we're going to butcher this, uh, but it all comes down to the cost of not owning your own business is greater than having your own business. Like, you know, it costs you more to keep working for somebody else than it does, you know, you get to go do your own thing. Like the, 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 you it's not worth it enough to you to keep doing what you're doing. And it may not be dollars and cents. It could be something else that's pushing you towards doing it. Um, you know, going and doing your own thing too. Yeah. That's awesome. That's when you know, that's when you know you're ready is whenever, um, you know, you'd rather go out on your own and fail than to stay where you are and, you know, just kind of get by.
1: Um, Yeah, for sure. Well, I I like that. I I like that idea of the opportunity cost, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we've only got so many hours in a day. We've only got so many weeks on planet earth, so many years on planet earth, you know, is, are you costing yourself opportunity by, you know, sitting and grudging through another day? Um, you know, and you know, I, I would imagine that many of our clients will will definitely be able to relate to your thoughts on, I wanted to do it better and I could see it doing better. I was talking to a potential client the other day and I said, well, what made you start want to start your own practice? And they said, we see so much work that's out there that's just not good work. And we know that we can do it better, like mm-hmm. period. And I, I mean, I, like I hear that come out in your kind of story about CPA land. Um, you know, and, and we're not unique as a, as, as, CPAs, you know, every, every industry has that. Every industry has the folks that are doing same as last year. And, you know, we're doing our best to get by and maximizing profitability. Like, I'm not mad at the CPA profession for any of that stuff. Um, but we think we can do it better.
0: Yeah. I mean, it comes down to solving a problem. Um, if you're wanting to start any business, whether it be dentistry or a CPA firm, you've got to try and solve a problem. Um, and the problem that I felt that was out there was that the traditional CPA m- business model, not what the CPA industry does, but the typical typical average CPA model, was not um, was not the highest value that could be brought to a CPA client relationship. Um, and the 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 other problem was to me was that the, you know in the the dental space that there was uh, a lot of uh, of of business owners that didn't that needed more help than what the traditional model allowed CPA model allows, and so I said, "Why don't we, you know, why don't I start a business to to do that?" And that's what we did.
1: I was I got a chance to visit with uh, with a business owner uh, not too terribly long ago, and I was trying to pick his brain on a bunch of stuff, and we were talking about you know the different ways that that we compete or the way that we operate. I shared this with with you guys the other day in our meeting. Uh, you know, number one is price, right? It's so like we go out and we compete on price. Hey, here's how much how much it's going to cost to do this. This is how much I charge for a crown. Here's how much, you know, a, a x-rays and cleanings and exam costs. We, we compete on price. And if you compete on price, you're going to constantly be in just a no-win scenario as a race yeah. to the bottom, right? Like everything's going to become more commoditized. Uh, everything's, you know, in any industry, it'll be more and more commoditized. So to, to compete on price is kind of a losing scenario. Number two is performance, right? I have a job that needs to be done. uh, And that is that I need my teeth cleaned. I need, um, you know, I need to get this tooth pain taken care of. I need a root canal. You know, I performed the job well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of folks that can perform that, right? If if you were to say our performance as a CPA firm is completing tax returns, doing tax game plans, like there are a lot of people that can do that and can perform. The minute you don't perform, if that's all you're competing on, like you're going to lose that client. Oh, well, we got something wrong. Like number three is we have a tendency uh, to work on, work with people that we like. So number three is that they like us, right? We're nice people. We're easy to get along with. We return the call. And so so kind lucky. of the three big things that we're competing on, right, is price, performance, and they like us, we hope anyways. Uh, and the guy asked me, he looked me in the eye, and he said, what's your number four? He said, number four is what it is that separates you from everybody else. I was kind of taken aback and I said, I don't know, I'll have to get back to you on that. I need to figure that out. I'd like to say well, it's that I'm gonna work harder than anybody else. It's, I'd like to say that it's, I'm smarter than everybody else. Those are probably things that a lot of other people would say, I'm gonna give better service than anybody else. It's probably something else that everybody would say. So for those of you that are thinking about owning your own practice, starting your own practice, or if you're in the middle of practice ownership, if you're not competing on price, you're not competing on performance, You're not competing on because people like you, like what's your number four? So I, I, I'd, I'd turn that over to you, Jonathan. I don't put you on the spot here. Um, you know, what, what would you say, you know, as a firm, like what is, what is our number four, just to get people thinking about what their number four might be?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes down to price, quality and service, um, you know, for us, we always try to. Uh, we don't, we didn't want to be the lowest cost. So we don't like the way I always explain it to people is like lowest cost is always going to be like, like, like an app, like a software that just automatically just gets renewed every uh, month. And it's very low cost. And it just does one thing for you. And it just does that over and over and over again. Um, the, the CPA we have, we do so many things as a CPA firm, we can't do that, but we can, um, create systems and processes to make sure that that is done well. So that goes over to service. Um, So, uh, or, or yeah, to, to, yeah, to, 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 let's let's go to quality. Um, So if you go to quality um, there's like uh, a pretty high threshold for any CPA firm in order to be able to deliver in quality. Like you have to, you can't be, at the bottom echelon or the bottom quintile of, of service offerings or quality of service in a CPA firm. If you do that, then you're gonna have so many headaches and issues as a firm that you're gonna very quickly be out of business. So that, that service should almost always be very high our quality should always be very high. I'm using quality and service, you know, inter- interchangeably, but, um, the quality always has to be very high and that should be the standard for all CPA firms. I mean, that's the, that's what the CPA, you know, stands for effectively is quality uh, and, and professionalism and standards and, and things like that. Um, so then it comes to service, you know, it comes down to what we were talking about beforehand in terms of being able to, um, you know, the relationship and being able to do the things extra that, than over and above what typical firms can typically do. And so in terms of a fourth um you know for us individually it comes down to um we are we're you know we're we are a remote firm so we're able to do things quickly. We're digital. We're very efficiency minded. Uh, we're able to turn things around. Uh, many times people ha- email us a question um, that it's a, or an issue and it's taken care of, you know, almost immediately. Whereas in like a typical CPA firm environment, you know, they've got to start the billable hour, which usually means there's a line of projects in front of you because they've got to set up their billable hours. Um, and so we have a lot of efficiency and um, as well as uh, uh, industry specific knowledge that we can deliver to our clients in a way um, so circle this back to the original pr- first part of the conversation about me individually is that you know something that we're, we're obsessive in our firm is the is just being able to respond to clients very quickly, having very fast response times and being able to respond to, to situations very quickly as well as being able to get big issues resolved quickly so, um, a good example of that is like the, the HHS provider relief funds. We sent out an email this morning or this earlier this week to all of our clients with a very in-depth email. Like, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to understand. Here are the due dates. Here are the different ramifications of this. Uh, and by the way, that whole thing, that is not tax or accounting related, Like that's just that, that that's completely separate from what our, our field deals with but it's something that we knew about that our clients needed to know. And so we were able to, to, to deliver that. Um, and you know, I would, I would argue that's probably a part of the service. I don't really think you can have a fourth thing in addition to uh, quality or service or price. I think that I could probably make an argument that everything goes into one of those categories. Um, but in terms of like what the standard, you know, the standard look is of whenever they try and make do the, 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 the pricing triangle or the, the triangle of like, what do you want more? Do you want pro- you want a better price or do you want better quality or you want better service? You know, our fourth thing almost, if you will, is that we're kind of able to encapsulate all of those things because of the fact that we are so efficiency minded. We have a very high quality of service. We're a very reasonable price point compared to the market. Um, and at the same time, uh, we deliver really good customer service. And at least, at least I believe so.
1: I do too. That's why I enjoy working with, with you and working with our team. We got an awesome team. So you've been at this kind of on your own five, six years, uh, any regrets, best decision ever, worst decision ever. You sleep better, you sleep worse. It's been a good decision for you. kind of, you know, again, in that, that entrepreneurial, uh, spirit that we talked about earlier, what are, what are your thoughts looking back on this thing so far?
0: So we started in 2013, so it's been about eight years now. Um, but the, the worst case scenario was always that I'm still a CPA and give it a year. It doesn't work. I go work for somebody else. Like no big deal. Like I know how to work hard, I know, how to work smart. I use a le- It's not like I'm going to go to the to, to college to, to, and I'm going to use lose a year of eligibility. Like it's going to be fine. I'll still have experience. And some employers might actually like that experience. Um, so, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the worst case scenario. And same thing with the dentist. Like if you go out there and you give it your best shot, it doesn't work out. Yeah. You're going to have some debt, but at the end of the day, you're still going to be a dentist. You'll still be a high income potential person. Uh, and that's one of the reasons banks love to lend to you is even if it doesn't work out, they're still going to have income potential in the future. Um, for me. Yeah. It's been, it's it's been really great. I, I love how many people were able to help. Um, you know, we get um, we've created this really cool business that I feel like serves multiple, uh, sets of value to different people. So it provides a lot of value to our clients that, uh, at price points that are reasonable. Uh, we get a lot of really cool stories from our clients about how we've helped them in a bunch of different ways. Um, it's really nice from an employee standpoint. Like we have these really great employees that we've been able to give these, you know, positional career opportunities that they wouldn't have been able to have if this business type didn't, you know, didn't, was, didn't exist. Um, you know, I started a digital firm in 2013 and, um, it's getting a little bit more popular now, but back then it was like, I'd get a lot of really weird looks of people being like, Oh, so you're a digital firm. So you work off of your phone. Like, no, that's not really what it means, you know? (laughs) Um, and, we've been able to get all the, a lot of people, this really big work, this really large amount of work flexibility, um, that isn't allowed in other places. And so I felt like we were able to turn a, what uh, the culture of a, of an industry that is typically very rigid and very billable hour dependent and allow that our us to turn our business into a very flexible, um, work life culture that provides a lot of value to our employees, which then gets permeated and gets to the, goes back to the clients as well. Uh, Because we have really smart people that work for us. We have really, really hard workers that work for us that are very, that, you know, just enjoy, enjoy that flexibility as well. So, so yeah, best decision ever, Um, other than marrying my wife and having my kids, probably so, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, that's fair enough. Well, it's something that you're proud of, you know, And, and those of you that are listening to this, that have built a dental practice, from a scratch start or from an acquisition or, or if you're going to go out and build one and, you know, build something that you're going to be proud of. You know, I, I really appreciate you kind of opening it up and giving us an idea what, uh, what life life is like inside of Jonathan Van Horn's head as you kind of have created this thing. And I, I really like this competitive spirit that you talked about, which is like, I always want to do it better. I want to come up with a way of doing it better. So man, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to, to chat with you a little bit. Hope this has been valuable to our listeners. Any other concluding thoughts, Jonathan?
0: Yeah. Just make sure that you're, if, if this is, if you feel like you're able to do it, you probably are. Um, try not to listen to too many voices out there saying that you can't. I know it's very cliche to be like, you know, Oh, you know, big cheerleader. Yeah. If you, if you just believe really hard, you can do it. But the reality is, is that if other people can do it, so can you like, there's nothing, there's nothing that special about that other person other than, they had a risk profile in their head that allowed them to make the decision that they were willing to take that jump. Um, and once you're willing to take that jump and no one can tell you when that is other than yourself, like don't, don't call me and say, Hey, I, I want to talk about maybe like, am I ready to become a practice center? Don't do that. Like you're, I will never be able to tell you if you are or not like you literally just listen to these words. You're the one who has to say when you're ready, No, you talk to your family, you talk to your friends, things like that. Maybe they can convince you talking to some random guy on the internet or some random CPA is not going to do that for you. Um, <laughs> so, um, so just be aware that you can do it. Other people have, you can too. Um, and entrepreneurship is great. It's like one of the, uh, you know, not to be, you know, poli- pol- political or, you know, um, you know, too, too you know, American or ish patriotic. Um, but it's one of the, most American things that you can do too. Um, like that's like the, that's one of the benefits of being in the U S is the ability to go out there and do it yourself. Um, so yeah. it's a really cool thing to be able to do. And, uh, we're, we're, we're lucky to be in a place where we can do it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well guys, thanks again for listening to us. We'll catch you next time. Bye
0: guys. It for today guys i hope you enjoyed this episode of the tooth and coin podcast uh, if you are going to be a practice owner or a new practice owner and you're interested in cpa services head on over to toothandcoin.com where you can check out more about our cpa services uh, we help out around 250 offices around the country i would love to be able to have the discussion about how we could help your new practice we do specialize in new practice owners so people that have Uh, are are about to be an owner of a practice they're acquiring about to be an owner of a practice they are starting up or has become an owner in the past five years that is our specialty Uh, we'd love to be able to talk to you about how we could help you in your services with your tax and accounting services Uh, and if you enjoyed today's episode again go to the facebook group talk to us about what we've talked about um, join in on the discussion and let's create an environment where we can talk about some of these things so that we can all help each other get through these things together so that this adventure of business ownership is more fun, more productive and better in the long term. Lastly, if you want access to those resources that we're going to that we are currently building, just text the word tooth and coin to 33444. That's tooth and coin, no spaces, T O O T H A N D C O I N to 33444. Reply with your email address We'll send you instructions in the Facebook group. We'll send you the resources when they're available and we will see you next week.